0: A single soul. Up and in and you. Good day everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. In Australia, at least a long time ago, when I was there, like 17 plus years ago, uh, we used to have this uh, advertisement on TV for MasterCard, you know, the credit card company. And, um, you know, very good song that goes with it. Um, You might be familiar with kind of the original version. Um, But, you know, in the ad it goes, I've got the whole world in my hands. And that was kind of their slogan, MasterCard. You've got the whole world in your hands You know, it's actually originally like a gospel song uh, That God has the whole world in His hand But very kind of smart, they used it and you know If you have the, a MasterCard, you've got the whole world in the palm of your hand You can go anywhere, spend anywhere, spend, buy anything Kind of the idea And you know, every once in a while I remember that ad Because it has such kind of spiritual meaning Because kind of a sinfulness, right? We overtake God and His sovereignty for ourselves. We lift ourselves up to be on par or if not greater than God. And, you know, as I was reading, uh, actually, the last couple of days of Job, I was reminded of that idea. And in today's passage, we see for the second time, but also the last time, the scene of God holding court in the heaven. And I just want to remind you again, uh, two days ago, we talked about Satan, and uh, the reminder that this Satan is in the original Hebrew, the Satan, you know, kind of try and pronounce it the original kind of way, but it's the Satan, meaning it's not a name like Daniel, but it is kind of like a title, the Satan, the Satan, and it's possibly, quite possibly not the Satan, that we know and understand in the New Testament But the most important thing is that the Satan is not the main actor here God is, and then the humans uh, We represented in this book by Job in relation to God So let's read the passage and then we'll continue <music>
1: Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incite me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face." The Lord said to Satan, "'Very well then, he is in your hands, "'but you must spare his life.' So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar, the Namathite. Heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was.
0: If you haven't been able to join us in the last couple of days uh, on this topic of Satan and the Satan, I talked a little bit more about it two days ago on the 2nd of October. So if you did not tune in, I suggest you kind of go back and re-watch that uh, because I give kind of a short summary of this topic and issue. But going, continuing on, uh, in today's passage, and it's kind of the longest passage that I've had to uh, kind of go over in the last couple of days, we see three things, we learn three things about God and that it slowly comes down to us and then from us back to God, so our, our relationship with Him. The first thing that we see is that God rules. We saw two days ago that all heavenly beings in a similar scene gathering um, before God and that means that they are subject to God they are God's subjects because to present oneself to present yourself before someone means that you are being obedient to a command to a call and you are being subservient to them right to him or her to that person who is commanding and calling so you are presenting yourself To obey because you have to obey And in a sense you have no choice Because they are the ruler, the Lord over you So we see God rules He in heaven, He is holding court And people, or not people here But heavenly beings are presenting themselves to God Next, the second thing that we see is that God knows He knows the going-ons of the world And it's not just because these angels or heavenly beings are coming to give their reports Because it kind of looks like that's what's happening as well God knows individually, intimately Now, Job is the representative in this um, example And he's kind of a case study But it's not just Job that God knows intimately If God knows Job this intimately He knows every every other single person This much and this intimately, right? What Job is like, what you are like What he, we do, what he or we will do even Now, this is important because later This is the real conclusion of the book of Job God who created the universe, right? And we don't know the limits or the boundaries of the universe right now He knows it to the smallest level Right, the most minuscule level, and He commands every single aspect of this entire universe and everything in it that we have just caught glimpses of, right? just tiny little bits of. So our ideas, our ideals of God, his character, his justice, you know, none of that can do justice, excuse the pun, to the omnipotence, the omniscience, and the omnipresence of God, no matter what we think, no matter how wise we are, how old we may be. So in this regard, I find it funny that God asks the the Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered, have you thought about, have you seen? Now, it is obvious that the Satan considers, observes and sees Job as he has been, but he does not know Job the way that God does. We know this because the Satan is wrong in his evaluations and assumptions regarding Job, right? But God knew from the very beginning how Job would react How he would respond What he would say And what would happen God already knew The third thing that we can see Is that God can So God, um, um, God rules God knows And then also God can God has absolute power Over all things Everything in the entire universe The Satan cannot do anything Apart from the will And the permission of God God alone determines life and death And we are too limited to try and understand why. Now, remember a couple of days ago, I said this is the real important question for us. I feel, in a sense, for us to ask God why, from His his perspective, that is, is to take the position of the Satan, right? The accuser, the adversary, putting ourselves, pitting ourselves even, against God in opposition to God. Right? The question To question God is to doubt Him and to oppose Him For us, this might be natural For humans, you know, for us, for people, among people And it's even encouraged right? In a work environment, it's not always wrong To oppose or to point out mistakes Or to question why, to question motives In a sense, this is a healthy thing for us to do Among people and peers And that's the thing, right? God is not a person God is not a peer He is God, pure and simple There is something that I didn't talk about the last few days That it's actually a big thing, a big theme in the book of Job And that is blessings and curse Blessings versus curses In verse 9 and 10, it says that His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die Job replies, you are talking like a foolish foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now, in chapter 1, the word for curse in Hebrew is actually the word for bless. So throughout chapter 1, every time he said curse, you know, in case his children curse God and so forth, the root word, the Hebrew word is actually the, the same word for bless. It is used as a euphemism for the opposite. As a poetic tool Now, I don't know why I think the reason is this amb- ambiguous back and forth Between the theme of curse versus blessing So from the beginning, there is an in- interchangeability And even ambiguity between blessing and curse That I think deserves further study And i you know, like to look into it But we see a little bit of, of that in today's uh, verse 9 and 10 Basically, his wife says, curse God and die But literally, it says, bless God and die to which Job replies, we should accept the good, that is the blessing, and the trouble, that is the curse, from God. Do you see kind of what, what I'm getting at? To us, it seems like a hard pill to swallow, but should it be? For we who believe God as our Father in heaven, He reveals Himself as a God who and Father who can, who knows, and who rules. In a sense, it should be the simplest thing in the world so as i wrap my kind of four-part mini-series i like to always think of my three or four um, living life devotionals as a mini-series the main theme that i want to leave you with for you to think about is not you know evil versus good uh, it's not Satan and, you know, how could God allow or give Satan so much power. But really, in terms of our relationship with God and the things that we suffer, the blessings that we receive, I'm sure we don't question the blessings, right? But the the troubles and the curses that we may experience in our lives, it's not so much why is God doing this, how is God allowing this, this evil in my life, so forth, but It's that our Father in heaven, God who is our Father in heaven, He can, He knows, and He rules absolutely. And within that, we should have total peace no matter what comes our way, whether it be trouble or good, blessings or curses. And I think that's one way we can grow as we see Job growing throughout this book of Job as well. Let's pray together now. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. Uh, Sometimes as difficult and even confusing uh, as it may be, uh, Lord, you shape our understanding, our thoughts. You shape our heart, Lord, our spirituality, our understanding, even of you, a little bit at a time. And God, I pray for your continued anointing and your guidance. the last couple of days and the next couple of weeks as we go through the book of Job, uh, that you would open our eyes to see in our hearts, Lord, uh, to receive, to understand your ways, your will that are so much higher and greater than our own and help us to grow in our trust and faith in you absolutely, God. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.